It's Friday, y'all. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Friday, April 17th. Here's what you missed while you were up on the roof installing antenna equipment for some damn internet signal. Or was that just me? Anyways. All right, so our fearless leader, President Trump, held a say-nothing press conference yesterday in which he gave us the White House recommendation for reopening the country. They actually called it opening up America again. I mean, their marketing director must be slapping himself on the back so hard and popping bottles every time he comes up with one of these phrases. So good. Anyways, you might remember earlier in the week when the president said he had the absolute authority to reopen the government. Well, he has this way of not admitting he was wrong. He just pivots and pretends pretends like it never happened before. So now he issued a three-stage guideline on relaxing stay-at-home orders and social distancing. And he basically let governors run the show, as in let them do what they're already doing. Not really any special guidelines here. A phased approach is what everyone was already thinking. To enter each phase, states have to meet thresholds like declining cases or decreasing percentage of positive tests. Phase one, A limited group of businesses like restaurants and movie theaters are allowed to reopen while schools remain closed and vulnerable people stay home. Okay. Phase two, schools can reopen and non-essential travel can resume right in time for summer. Phase three, vulnerable people can resume public interactions while practicing social distancing and employers can start allowing everyone to return. Problem is we don't have enough tests. Some estimates are that we need over a million tests a week. Quoting Bloomberg, Mika Benolio, a lead developer of a contact tracing app called Coalition that's expected to be used in the city of Berkeley, said, There is urgency to end the total lockdown as soon as possible if we want to avoid killing the economy, but that we need to put science first in our decision. Much more access to testing is needed for us to begin a progressive approach in getting back to a normal economic activity. Deborah Burks, the State Department immunologist and one of Trump's top medical advisors, said, Thursday, the country has enough testing capacity for people with symptoms and those who have been in contact with confirmed cases and can conduct surveillance or contact tracing that is crucial to stave off future outbreaks. Sandro Gallia, an epidemiologist and dean of the Boston University of Public Health, says, I'm not convinced we have those resources available. We need to reemerge and to reemerge, we need to plan for how to mitigate the risk of every case becoming again an outbreak and every outbreak becoming an epidemic. I don't think we'll be ready tomorrow. June is likely he said, but the guidelines largely leave to governors and businesses the choice whether to attempt reopening and therefore the consequences of moving too soon. It's going to be very dependent on the governor, Trump said, end quote. And quite honestly, that's what we've known all along, Mr. Trump. Need your prescriptions delivered, but haven't signed up for a service like capsule or pill pack yet? Or maybe you just need a one-time delivery of prescription medicine. Well, Instacart has partnered up with Costco for prescription delivery as more people are needing delivery services during these uncertainly certain-to-be-uncertain times. <laughs> Quoting TechCrunch, the company said Thursday the delivery service is now available from nearly 200 Costco locations in Arizona, California, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, New York, Washington, and Washington, D.C. The service, which was initially piloted at several locations in Southern California and Washington, will expand nationally in the coming months, the company said. Instacart is also offering contactless delivery for most medications. Instacart shoppers are able to scan a customer's ID for verification without a signature on qualifying 
online prescription orders. Customers are also able to schedule delivery up to one week in advance. You know who you are if you like those. For many people, we know that part of their grocery shopping experience goes beyond fresh produce, meat, seafood, and pantry staples, and also includes getting much-needed medication, said the Instacart president, Neelam Ganantharan. So now Instacart's in the drug delivery and cartel business, huh? I'm sorry, I'm seeing Ozark everywhere. Ignore that. This was some pretty interesting news in the world of tech. It seems Microsoft has developed an AI system that can, quote, correctly distinguish between security and non-security software bugs 99% of the time. And that accurately identifies critical high priority security bugs on average 97% of the time. In the coming months, it plans to open source the methodology on GitHub along with example models and other resources. CoreLogix estimates that developers create 70 bugs per 1000 lines of code and that fixing a bug takes 30 times longer than writing a single line of code. In the US, 100 $113 billion is spent annually on identifying and fixing product defects. Every day, software developers stare down a long list of features and bugs that need to be addressed. Security professionals try to help by using automated tools to prioritize security bugs, but too often engineers waste time on false positives or miss a critical security vulnerability that has been misclassified, wrote Microsoft Senior Security Program Manager Scott Christensen and Microsoft Data and Applied Scientist Mayana Pereira in a blog post. We discovered that by pairing machine learning models with security experts, we can significantly improve the identification and classification of security bugs. And Microsoft isn't alone at this game. Amazon and Facebook also have publicized AI to get at software bugs. But 99 and 97% hit rates are friggin' impressive. You see, you guys, I spread the tech love. Okay, if you're looking for something to check out this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday the 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, I would call it this generation's version of Live Aid is going to be broadcast on pretty much everything. It's called One World Together at Home, and it's going to be hosted by both Jimmy's, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, as well as Stephen Colbert. Appearances and musical performances by Lady Gaga, Lizzo, Billie Eilish, Elton John, Alanis Morissette. Andre Bocelli, Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong, Burna Boy, Chris Martin, David Beckham, Eddie Vedder, Phineas, Idris and Sabrina Elba, J Balvin, DJ, Joe John Legend, Casey Musgraves, Keith Urban, Kerry Washington, Lang Lang, Maluma, Paul McCartney, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Sharuka Khan, and Stevie Wonder. Even the cast of Sesame Street is expected to get involved. So this is a global citizen festival. You may recognize them for their other benefit events that they've put on around the world. The event was actually announced on The Tonight Show earlier this week when Lady Gaga FaceTimed Apple CEO Tim Cook to talk about it. And they also announced that Apple was donating $10 million to the cause. Lady Gaga said they've already raised over $35 million from over 65 different tech companies globally. You can catch the show again pretty much anywhere. ABC, Bell Media, NBC, Viacom, CBS Networks, and iHeartMedia in North America, BBC One, RTE, BN Media Group, and MultiChoice, and then streaming on Amazon Prime, Apple, 
Facebook, Instagram, Tencent, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Yeah. But it's not a fundraising telethon. Philanthropists and businesses are being asked to donate directly to the relief effort. But the event itself is just going to be focused on entertainment and showing support for healthcare workers. As of last week, the fund has provided hundreds of thousands of pieces of protective medical equipment and one and a half million diagnostic kits to countries around the world. So if you want to check out some live music tomorrow night from some of the biggest names in the industry, there you go. And finally, this warmed my heart, so I'm going to leave you guys with this quick last story from, of all places, E.T. Entertainment Tonight and Vanessa Bryant's Instagram page. Quote, Vanessa Bryant says the WNBA is honoring her late daughter, Gianna Bryant, and two other young female victims from the tragic January helicopter crash that took their lives and the lives of Kobe Bryant. With the WNBA draft set to take place on Friday, Vanessa noted that her daughter, who died at the age of 13, and two other victims, Alyssa Altabelli and Peyton Chester, will be honored during the draft. Quote, honorary draft picks, Gianna Bryant, Alyssa Altabelli, and Peyton Chester, class of 2024. Vanessa captioned the promo for the draft. The three young basketball players are expected to be honored for being rising stars in women's basketball. Cheers, y'all. Gone too soon. Well, my beautiful people, those are my top five news stories of the day. And once again, it's the weekend. You know, this this week really flew by for me. I don't know about you guys, and, I, and I'm not sure what that's saying about my sanity. I wouldn't mind warmer weather, though. If you're listening to this and you're in a warm climate and have a pool in your backyard, Stephen, let me just say, be blessed and enjoy it as much as you can. Because it's freaking cold up here. <laughs> enjoy your weekend, people, as much as you possibly can and squeeze every minute out of your time together. We'll be done with this in due time. So, as always, remember to stay focused, proud, and dedicated. I got you with the news.